0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me as always
1: is my co host, Mark. Mark, good morning, sir. Well, good morning to you, Sir Alan of the Round Table. Hello there. How are you? I'm good. I, I'm, I am a little
0: worried, though, if we ever get a square table, then what would I be called? I, 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 that would worry me a little bit.
1: I don't even want to go there. I, know. I don't want to put that sort of pressure on myself this yeah. early in the morning.
0: What What if is a, is a scary game?
1: Yeah. It's like a TV show. And I wish it would come back. I saw what happens with Ultron. I saw what happens with Doctor Strange. And I don't even want to think about what happens if you get a square table. I know. That would be something. Uh, turn my back. I don't even want to, have to be part of this. <laughs> Remember, hey, when we did that what if bit? I do. That was kind of fun. That was fun. That was awesome. That was some of our best yeah. work.
0: Maybe they could sponsor
1: us today. That is tremendous. Yeah. What a great it's idea. It's been a few minutes. So yeah, maybe yeah. we'll do that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Well, hey, Mark, we're here to talk about... Uh, oh, wait a minute. Before I get into that, I what? totally forgot. What? So we we got some viewer mail. And by mail, I mean we got a package. Really? Yeah. Do you remember Tori and Tori's Trinkets? I do remember Tori's yeah. Trinkets. Uh, just uh, She's so nice. Uh, just to say what her website is again. Uh, her email is trinkets at com. It's uh, com. Very nice. And she had threatened to send us a keychain. And she, she did. did. Yeah. So...
1: There oh, it is. that is outstanding! Isn't that awesome? No, nope, nope, 2012. 2012.
0: Yep. Yeah. Here's the bad news. Oh no. Brass saw this. Oh no. And they also knew that you've been sneaking into the executive washroom. I know. So now they put the, the executive washroom key on that keychain, and they basically you got to go to security to get it now. So. I do. Yeah. Sorry. But well, but apparent on the weekend though, because we're too cheap for a security guard. Yeah. They just give it to the producer. So. You just have to bribe Constantine or Harvey, whoever's here that week, for the bathroom key.
1: Well, they better do something because I mean it's either that or I'm going to the supply closet.
0: Yeah, you got some dirt on them, or at least one of them.
1: I think so. Yeah, I think you do too. Yeah. So, speaking of which, who's here today? Uh, Constantine is is with us today. Oh,
0: nice. Okay. Yeah. Good.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's very proud. He hasn't hit the delete everything button. That is is going to be lived down in infamy now.
0: Yeah. Well, they they actually disassemble. They remove the button. Oh, good. It's, the button's gone.
1: Now, is there just a, a crater where the button yeah. used to be? You put your
0: hole, your finger in that hole and get shocked, maybe. But nothing's going to happen otherwise.
1: They're not going to delete anything. We fixed that. I kind of like to see him get shocked. I actually. would too. I like the to, hey, Constantine, could you press that button? No, yeah. don't look down. Just trust that it's there. <laughs> His hair is so thin and wiry
0: anyway. Can you imagine if it was like standing straight up? Yeah. yeah. It would look like a uh, Linus
1: from the Charlie Brown uh, series.
0: <laughs> he might even have little, little piffs of smoke coming off of him. Yeah. Too. That's like pig pen. Pig pen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so those are give it us a right. mashup. <laughs> <Yeah, I guess, laughs> it's a I peanuts it mashup. I love it.
1: Oh, uh, we should. Do don't, that. don't Google that.
0: No, no. Friends do not Google that. No. Don't even try. No. Well, hey Mark, we're here to talk about season six, episode eighteen, prom. Yeah, yeah, which first aired on April third, back in 2014. And uh, this episode was directed by Ken Whittingham, who we who we know and like. He oh yeah, was a he was on the show. On our show. Yep. this was the sixth of eight episodes. Ken ultimately got the uh, golden megaphone for. Yep. Uh, you can also find his work on The Office, Thirty Rock, uh, Blackish. I mean, a ton of stuff. Um, this episode was written by uh, the golden pen goes to Matt Murray. Uh, this is Matt's third of four appearances ultimately, and he's a writer on Saturday Night Live, Parks and Recreation, and a few other things for sure. So go check out their work on IMDb, uh, yep. both. and we'll grade them when we're done. That's right. Yeah. Or, or so, you know, we won't grade them specifically because it's not always their fault if it went
1: bad. Oh, no, ones. we're going to. I'm sorry. This A lot is writing on this. All right. Uh, Uh, Ken Whittingham and Matt Murray. I'm certain they're sitting on the edges
0: of their seats. So don't,
1: you better, look, we can send you the address for our our LFP worldwide headquarters. If you want to send us anything that may make us consider giving this a good score, we realize that your career is hinged on this.
0: We take bribes is what you're saying.
1: I'm not saying that out loud, but (laughs) I would would say that if someone were in a back room with me and no one could hear it. Yeah, sure. Sure. Why not? Yeah, we take bribes.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll see how, uh, we'll see what your price is today. (laughs) I know it's requisite with the score I'm going to give. So we'll see.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: I'm not saying anything. I'm not foreshadowing.
1: Did someone bribe you?
0: No, they should have.
1: Huh?
0: Yeah. Just saying. Wow. I I mean, I'm not saying it could go fine (laughs) at this point. We don't know. Good. Good. save. Okay. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Hey, Mark, why don't we do our episode synopsis
1: and uh, get this thing going? All right. Um yes. I I have this broken down into um what I do. Uh, uh three stories. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah. Raise the roof. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm they doing. Don't, they don't do that anymore, Mark. All right. On my ongoing theme of goddamn it, Mark be funny that the brass uh-huh. uh, is said I need to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh here is uh, my stories. I have them. My A story is entitled Leslie versus Ron, The Prom Mistland. I like that hit that pretty hard, but anyway, some
0: word, some wordplay there.
1: That's language is funny. (laughs) Okay. With the Pawnee Eagleton merger, forcing many cuts, including Pawnee Central Highs prom, the parks department decides to throw prom for them, obviously on a very limited budget. Leslie meets with the prom committee, including Tom, Ben, Donna, and several high school students with Leslie, particularly impressed with a young lady named Alison Glifford, who has uh, many impressive nope like qualities in binders she reminds Leslie of herself and the two get along great in fact Leslie plans to offer Allison a summer internship for the parks department when Ron finds out about this we learn that Ron also knows Allison and thinks a lot of her bristles at the thought of Allison uh, working for the government for free and coaxes her instead to take a paying job working for his friend at the sawmill their clashing ideologies lead Leslie and Ron to weird butt heads as they try to win Allison over. This uh, persists through both the pre-prom setup and the prom itself, and it gets more intense as time yeah. goes by until Allison goes bah and freaks out and runs away. What will happen as Leslie and Ron clash? Can one of their ideologies prevail? What is the Leslie Nope Ten Point Insanity Scale? <laughs> Is there a special surprise waiting for Leslie at the end of the episode? Stay tuned to find out dot, dot, dot. Nice job, Mark. Yeah. Uh, I had the same A story
0: and uh, my, mine's abandoned movie titles. Oh, good. Or, good. A, a just abandoned movies. Actually, they were going to make these movies, got into production, and then realized they were just bad ideas and they stopped. Huh. Yeah. Okay. No, they didn't even take a writer strike this time. They just mm. stopped. Yeah, so th- this this one inspired the movie Carrie to mm-hmm. The bullying of Allison Guilford. So Gilford? sure, whatever her last name is, <laughs> it doesn't matter because they didn't make the movie.
1: Oh, it's too bad. It's words too are bad. funny, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Lang- language, fun,
0: Funny with fun with names. Yeah, yeah. fun L- with Gilford, words. Guilford, Gilford, whatever know. it takes, Bob. <laughs> This one just had less pig's blood than carry one. So otherwise
1: yeah. it, was, it was equally horrifying. That was the best scene. It really was. Mm, yeah. It's a pork fat thing. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All
0: right. That's what Emerald would say. Can I have some plant-based blood, please? <laughs> like, oh, don't spill chloroform on me. Uh, no, because i will not pass out. They're oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, definitely don't chlor- do that. chlorophyll. Oh, chlorophyll. See, I'm confusable today. Well, I, I don't am. know how that's different than any other. Well, name. I'm the one who said chloroform and nearly <laughs> caused a
1: catastrophe. <laughs>
0: it's true. Yeah, yeah. I blame you, Mark. All right. How about your uh, your B story,
1: Mark? How about that B story? Yeah, I have my B story as entitled, Ben vs. Tom, On the Wrong Side of the Tracks. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. During the prom planning, Leslie assigns music to... Ben and Tom. As expected, the two have very different tastes, styles, schools of thought regarding music selection. Not only that, but Tom clearly looks at Ben with disdain, seeing him as an embarrassing, out of touch old man. At the prom, Tom takes over and plays what he feels are cool, popular bangers, convinced that everyone will love it. However, Mm. he is eventually told by students that they aren't really into his music choices. Tom, takes this rather hard concern that he no longer knows what's cool hmm. how will this turn out can ben and tom ever agree on what to play is there anything ben can do to make tom feel better who is dj Robodrop? <laughs> stick around podcast viewers all will be revealed dot dot
0: dot nice job uh, you and I switched our B and C stories, which we I did. find interesting. That's okay. It doesn't matter. Oh, Yeah. I'm curious when you get to your scene breakdown, like which of the two had more
1: scenes? I I don't think I want to admit that to you because oh, fair enough. It, okay. will, it will validate your perspective. Oh, weird. Okay. So my B story, <laughs> C story, yeah. uh,
0: is uh, <laughs> the movie, abandoned movie title. Well, you know, there was a, there was a uh, documentary called I, the DJ Roomba story. Yes. It's a real, a real documentary. Yes. Yeah. Ken Burns did it. You know, the, you know, PBS fame. Yeah, it was good. Uh, so they were going to make a follow-up to it, Mark, and it was called The DJ Roomba Story, uh, Taking It Yeezy. Wow. <laughs> but they they decided, they couldn't, you know, Yeezy wasn't going to play along. He didn't get the rights, so they, they abandoned that. You know
1: what I like the best about this? What's I like the way that you completely doubled down on this ridiculousness. Well, like, hey. I thought, this is dumb. He's going deeper. This is fantastic. Now, see, but it turns the table. You go deep enough, it's that's really funny. Yeah, yeah. I I, I've come full circle. (laughs) I've achieved
0: everything I ever wanted. How about your uh,
1: your uh, C story, Mark? Which is the The other story? Yeah, the B story. The last story.
0: The last story. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that one.
1: Yeah, my C story. Last story is uh, I entitled as uh, Andy versus April, rebel without a goth. (laughs) Uh, That's pretty good. Yeah. Excited about the upcoming prom at Pawnee Central High, Andy happily asks April to go with him to prom. Due to her overt hatred for dancing and young people and fun and <sighs> apparently punch, um, April is not pleased about this turn of events, but she loves Andy and he finally wins her over and she reluctantly agrees to go. However in typical April style, she dresses in all black, remains rather snarky, doesn't really put a lot of effort into enjoying herself at the prom. She sees Andy cheerful and happy and getting along with everyone and having a great time and she just really just wants to go home and all this makes her wonder, how can she love him when she hates everything that he loves? What will happen? Will April stay at the prom? Is there anyone that can give April some comfort and advice? Who will the prom king and queen be? Hang in there, true believers only. Time will tell, dot, dot, dot. Very nice job. I right, uh, on My third and final abandoned
0: movie, Mark. You mm-hmm. know, this, uh, this is a follow-up to the John Hughes classic about, you know, angsty youths uh, in high school together, you know, from different... You know, oh, I love that different... one. Yeah, it was called The Bre- Breakfast Club, I think.
1: Oh, there are a lot of those. Yeah. Uh, the Breakfast with, Club is the most comprehensive view of this, the though. Utes that are the really, utes, yes. that John Hughes yeah. says is really angsty. Yeah. Yeah, Breakfast Club's a good one.
0: It's a good one. Well, this one was, uh, the, t- the follow-up mark was called The Breakfast Club, but this time at night. <laughs>
1: so, cause... that's just a, like, what would, what would be, it would, like, it would be the Fourth Meal Club? Yeah. Would that be a better one? That would be a better one. Oh, that should
0: hire no. me. No, no, actually, I don't like that one. Oh, mine's funnier. No, yours is funnier. <laughs> I have to admit it. <laughs> I just don't want to. <laughs> you know, <laughs> ego is a wonderful yeah. thing. Uh, Fourth meal's been a problem for me though. I I, I don't like to admit, admit it exists. It's like second Hobbit breakfast or something. You know. Yeah, eleven
1: I, I don't. I don't need it. Yeah. Second teas. Second teas. Uh, yeah. Biscuit time. Oh my God. Um, All of the above. Pizza. Something or other. Uh, yeah. Pizza sadness. Yeah. We just got to stop that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Mark, uh, how about your AKA this week? How about that AKA? I just have one. Me
0: too. Really? Yeah. You just sorry. have one? Yeah. I know.
1: Wow. You're just behaving. But, up, but my A, a B, street. and C story. Yeah. I, I've got extras of those
0: this week. Oh. <laughs> but I'm saving
1: those for my scoring. Oh, excellent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my AKA comes from Leslie. Clearly, in this episode, there is a a quintessential Leslie-Ron clash because they have different ideologies. And at a certain point, Leslie gets annoyed and snaps and says, why don't you shut your mustache? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. Yeah. How about you? It was very bushy in this episode. It
0: was. It was ultra bushy. Yeah, I actually think I referenced that later. Um, Mine is a a Ben line when he's trying to be cool there in your B story. Uh, And he's talking about, um, you know, his music tastes right, and he's trying to be cool, which Ben doesn't do all that well. And he says, You know, I hope that this high school auditorium's big enough because I'm bringing 10,000 maniacs. What, what? <laughs> now? I love the 10,000 maniacs, so yeah, me yeah. too. Unlike Tom, he didn't know who that is, he only knows a one maniac, yeezy. <laughs> so.
1: You know, it only takes one maniac to ruin it for the other 9999
0: <laughs> That's so true, Mark. Yeah,
1: yeah. One rotten apple. I've always said that. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, Mark, let's get into our episode breakdown. All right. I think it's time. Let's, let's get ready to break it down. It's time. All right. Cold open. Here we go. Here we go. A uh, very good place to start. This episode opens on a bright and cheery morning at City Hall, and we see Ben in his office. And he's walking around his desk, and he happens to notice a note that says, open the top drawer, and he reaches down to comply. Well, Mark, do you really <laughs> think we can describe this one well? I, I think we should maybe play this y- one. Hmm, yeah, you, you know what? You're probably right. It's
0: visual, but you've described the visual part.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, golly, geez, and let, let, let's make it so. Uh, Constantine, start us off, buddy. Play the clip. <laughs> oh! God! Oh! Oh! Sorry. Oh! oh! Sorry! What's happening? Uh. I can't hear! And I'm
2: dying! Baby, relax, I just wanted to surprise you! Open the bottom drawer and read the cake.
3: Oh my God, I'd be very careful. (laughs) Will you go to prom with me? Well, this just keeps getting weirder.
2: Because of the merger, school's about to make some cuts, and the first thing to go was the senior prom. So, as a last minute Hail Mary, the Parks Department is throwing prom for them. They also wanted to cut AP Latin, so I volunteered to teach Latin. Which reminds me, I need to learn Latin. Mm. I can't stop thinking about that job in Chicago, and I think this prom will be a good distraction. In my senior year, when I couldn't decide between Indiana and Amherst, I focused all my energy on planning my prom, and it was the best prom ever. Plus, I made out with Harvey from the A.V. Club.
1: Hmm. I think I'm jealous of Harvey.
2: You shouldn't be. A few weeks later, he almost died from a VCR electrocution. Legend has it that he can still turn on a microwave just by blinking at it. The point is, will you go to the prom with me?
1: Well, I thought you'd never ask because we are nearing 40. <laughs> of course I will. Yay!
2: Prom!
0: Oh, boy. it's a, he, That VCR electrocution might have been because the button was missing. He just put his <laughs> finger in the hole. That could be. Yeah. You hear that? Better watch out. Yeah. This yeah. name's his Harvey mm. from the AV
1: Club. I wonder if he's related. They could be related. They could be related. Oh. What if he's Harvey Jr.? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> my, we don't need a junior of that. Um... Man, Adam Scott is just a genius. Uh, his yeah. his reaction to the lunacy around him is one of my favorite things.
0: I mean, I in his defense, though, that thing violently explodes in his face with confetti. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I had to change my underwear after just watching the scene <laughs> for the first time because I had forgotten that yeah. was going to happen. Yeah, me too. Uh
0: and I, I think I would have been equally scared of the cake, which turned out to be just a cake, but you never know, with Leslie.
1: Yeah, after she says, hey, I just want to surprise you now, open the bottom drawer. <laughs> right. And you see him reach down there and go, ja, ja, and just, you know, <laughs> yank it open real quick. He's got a
0: little bit of PTSD already. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, from there, we kick off the main episode in the conference room at the Parks Department, where the team has taken a break from planning the Unity concert and is instead planning the next most logical thing, a high school prom. <laughs>
1: We now cut to the City Hall Conference Room, where we see Leslie talking to the prom committee, which appears to consist of herself, Ben, Tom, Donna, and several high school students. The main gist of the situation is they basically have no budget, and so they need to provide either goods or services for free. In the spirit of this, Leslie puts Tom in charge of music, but when Ben seems a little disappointed, (laughs) Leslie has him co-DJ with Tom, which Tom is not real happy about. No, he's not. Leslie then turns to a cheerful, focused, blonde high school student named Allison. That seems to remind us of someone. That's weird. It's like many me. Um, and, and asks about the prom theme. Um, Allison tells Leslie the theater department did Into the Woods last year, and they could repurpose the uh, scenery to make the prom theme something along the lines of fairy tale. As if Leslie weren't blown away by her creativity and can-do attitude, Allison then pulls out a thick binder full of step-by-step information. I I think, I'm sorry, Ben, I think Leslie may be in love. She is, yeah. (laughs) Well, we've met Allison before, right? My lawyers have told me that I can't talk about this yet. Oh, okay. It needs to to wait until later. Oh, good. But we will talk about that. Believe me, you. Oh, believe me, you. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah. Believe me, me yes let's
0: believe both of us all right <laughs> well meanwhile while we're believing both of us over in ben's <laughs> office he and tom compare notes on the best way to approach the evening's playlist and once again
1: we see two totally different perspectives yeah we now cut to tom talking to ben in his office and alan it doesn't look like the two of them are going to have an easy time being in co-charge it certainly the, won't of, be easy easy no stop it <laughs> stop it you're on warning, Uh, they have very different schools of thought regarding how best to DJ, how to put the music set together. For example, Ben thinks that they need a set list and Tom does not. Um, Moreover, Tom is, uh, I think this is more in the Tom to Ben direction. Tom is embarrassed to be seen DJing with Ben well, sure, and, and so he's an old man he, for privacy reasons and to ensure that he is not uh, embarrassed because that people can see him and go, ha ha, look at you being DJing with Ben. He may don a helmet and become DJ robo drop. <laughs> that kind of made me laugh. That was pretty funny.
0: Mark, if I'm not mistaken, that that is actually the helmet they had on Daft Punk.
1: Is it really? I'm pretty
0: sure it is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we we're gonna have the the interns go check this out. But are I'm, are you making things up to seem interesting again? Well, not at this moment, no. But you know, this is a long day. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it's a thing. Yeah, it's actually on one of their album covers. I don't remember which album, but yeah, you know, they sadly they broke up a couple of years ago. Maybe so. you're right. It's a cool helmet. It's a cool helmet. Yeah. I want one. It's did like it, having a Vader helmet at home. Did so. it adjust his voice? Yeah, it's like a, a voice thing. Modulator. Yeah. Modulator. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, like auto-tune, anti-auto-tune.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they're going to co-DJ, huh?
1: Well, that's what DJ Robo Drop says. All right, well, yeah. we'll
0: see. Well, at April's desk, Andy and April reminisce about their individual prom experiences, and we can agree that they do not agree, and each had a wildly different experience.
1: Yeah, we now cut to the bullpen where we see April and Andy talking about prom, and As you mentioned, once again, we see two people that appear to have different experiences, different schools of thought. In high school, Andy was... Uh, clearly, uh, you know, he may have been sweet, stupid Andy, but he's clearly very outgoing and yeah. he had a lot of friends. And as a result, Andy has, Andy has great memories of prom and dancing and his prom day. Sweet, but, fun, Andy back in high school. Yeah. There yeah. you go. And yeah. hit the party afterwards. And like all this just, this combines to make it a really good memory for him. Yeah. April on the other hand had a very different experience. She spent most of her time at high school go figure being snarky and making fun of people and, and she certainly wouldn't be caught dead at prom. It's her worst nightmare. A huge party full of smiling, dancing people. Holy crap. And then, <laughs> then to top it off, she hates punch. So what, what even is the point? And however, Andy- Who hates pers- punch? I don't, I don't, I don't understand yeah, that. I don't understand that. It's like oh. hating cheesecake. It's not a thing. I don't even want to acknowledge those words in that combination <laughs> exist. Andy perseveres however and he plays her an admittedly repurposed uh, song on his guitar yeah. and very sweetly asks April to go to prom with him and April oh my god fine she finally reluctantly says yes D- didn't she say
0: that you know she the only thing she's concerned about is that he might lake his car again
1: well she she said that one of the reasons why she's re- he she's willing to go with him to prom is that we only have one car right now. Oh, on, that's right. On that's account of yeah. you laked mine. That's right. You. So we have a new verb in our vocabulary yeah. to lake something. Yeah. And Jerry is in the background and goes, what that's what's strange. That what yeah. is the verb? Yeah. What's that mean? Lake means I tried to jump it over a lake. Stay out of our conversations, Larry, <laughs> big jerk. Oh my God. I, I actually would
0: pay money to see that.
1: To see Andy lake a yeah, car. To lake a car. Yeah. <laughs> I can see Didn't like you almost like your car, but on purpose. Yeah.
0: I was going to push it in on purpose though. Yeah. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> Trust but, me. But I think that still qualifies as laking a car. It does, but I, it's too early in the day and I'm not drunk enough to talk about that. That, yeah, was, right. that was bad times. Well,
1: I will summon some healing potion. <laughs> Thank you. We can
0: get to that. I need some. Yeah. Yeah. Well, out in the hallway, Leslie is selling Allison on the idea of the illustrious parks department internship when we're introduced to yet another different point of view. Mark, I feel like we have a theme here today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We we now cut, as you said, to one of the hallways uh, at City Hall, and we see Leslie and Allison walking together, and, and they really seem to be hitting it off. Hey, Constantine, play the clip, buddy. Thank you.
2: So I want to show you some very cool before and after pictures of Cherryhurst Park, one of our greatest accomplishments why are you showing me all this because i think you have a real knack for public service we here at the parks department have something called the april ludgate summer solstice druid festival and buffalo (laughs) wings eating contest i don't know why i let her name it basically it's a summer internship program i think you'd be great do you want to work here definitely i'm totally interested great
3: allison Glifford.
2: hi mr swanson you two know each other Is there some secret society for the greatest humans on Earth? Do you meet Tom Hanks and Elena Kagan in the Statue of Liberty's crown? God, this fake club I'm inventing is amazing.
3: Allison's father owns the hardware store I've been going to since before Allison was even born. What brings you to the festering putrid stink hole on the armpit of freedom? (laughs) Uh.
2: That's what he calls City Hall. Um, Leslie was just telling me about your summer internship, and I was thinking about taking it.
3: (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no no i respect your father too much to let his daughter work for free for the government why don't you get a paying job for the summer
2: why don't you shut your mustache
3: (laughs) sorry you know what tim lautner who owns the sawmill out on lowell drive is a personal friend he's always looking for bright young employees to give money to in exchange for honest work
2: that would be awesome i definitely need money for school oh really is it worth a few bucks to get a million splinters in your fingers and then cut off your fingers accidentally, because that will happen.
3: Mm. (laughs) I have tolerated Leslie's pro-government ways because her annoying kindness and generosity sneakily made me like her as a person. (laughs) But I draw the line at corrupting America's youth. I'm sure I can get Allison a job at Tim Houtner's sawmill. I once did him a favor. I built his sawmill.
2: I may be leaving this office soon. I need to plant seeds for the next generation. Interns become full-time staff, become department directors. Circle of life. The seasons turn. It's really quite beautiful. And if Ron tries to stop me, he can eat a big old bowl of butts.
1: It's a uh, circle of life. It is a
0: circle of life. I didn't know it ended with a bowl of butts, but I'd <laughs> forgotten that part.
1: Matuma matako. <laughs>
0: Whatever it takes, right? Yeah. Well, we now leave City Hall and kick off our pre-prom events, including Andy's 1999-inspired classic prom
1: date pickup. We now cut to the front yard outside of April's house where we see a white stretch limo pull up with Andy hanging out of the roof on top. April comes out looking like a... Goth something or other. Yeah. I don't know. Death Bride. It, yeah, the Nightmare Before Christmas <laughs> yes. Bride. I don't yes. know. And Andy jumps out of the limo to meet her, and April tells him her um, mom wants to take pictures <laughs> before they leave, uh-huh. and then we go inside a Casa de Ludgate and see. Um, uh, I, Alan, have you ever seen the movie Psycho? I have. <sighs> yeah. Oren is, by the way, this is beyond brilliant. Yeah. The Oren is dressed up as a horrifying version of April's mom, speaking (laughs) to them in a slow, monotone, creepy way. (laughs) Oren. Oren then takes a picture with an old timey camera, meaning not digital, and then tells April, "Say goodbye (laughs) to your father." And then,
4: who do you think? Who do you think
1: comes in as April's father? Champion. Champion. The three-legged wonder dog just kind of comes clumbering into the room, all dressed up as a a human. And then they both are like, you know, bye, dad. Bye, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Then they leave.
0: Oh, my God. Totally brilliant. Uh, Champion. Uh, Yeah, I didn't see that coming. I got to be honest. Surprise can be a big part of comedy. (laughs) It's weird. Yeah. Never thought about it that way. Well, over at Pawnee Central, prom preparation continues as we make a quick visit to the DJ booth where our code djs still disagree on musical styles, but both do have separate overlapping concerns about the booth setup.
1: Yeah, we, we now cut to Pawnee Central High School, which, by the way, unless I'm mistaken, Alan, this is going to be the location for the scenes for the rest yeah, of the we're episode. Here. So like we're the prom hasn't started, but we're here now doing pre-prom and it's just going to stay here the rest of the episode. So, yeah, we see Ben and Tom doing pre prom setup for the DJ table. And this is a pretty short scene where the main takeaways are A, both Ben and Tom are disappointed at the number of requests they made that haven't been filled. B, Tom apparently has disdain for Ben and his musical tastes. So weird. And then C, we get two brief talking heads one at a time from Ben and then from Tom where they tell us a little bit about their prom experiences in high school. Mm. Yeah, Tom's talking head, if I recall, is about how he basically was only at
0: prom for 15 minutes because he spent all of his time primping to get right, ready. Right, right, right. Yeah, including and, his Armani
1: suit, getting the bow tie just right. And then Ben's was even worse on yeah. account of he was got impeached. Yeah. And so if he tried to go to prom, yeah, eggs, eggs, egg. toy, He get so egg. His parents threw him one. Mm. Hmm. I mean. <laughs> Look, on on paper, yeah. If I distance myself from that a sure. little bit, Sounds I could fine. see that as being maybe kind of sweet. Yeah. I'm just surprised he didn't bring it up Dr. Richard Nygaard. <laughs> it also seems almost as creepy as Orin as April's
0: almost. mom. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Can
1: plus, you imagine? Plus who gives it, but you know We're Twizzlers family. Oh my god. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. That's oh, that is you know what when you put it through that lens, yes. it's even scarier. Holy right. crap. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yep.
1: Nygard speed dial. Oh
0: my God. Well, across the gym, Leslie and Allison are teaming up on decorations and entertain three separate visitors, including the supervising principal, the lollipop guild, and a grumpy man with a bushy mustache.
1: <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. In a different part of the room. So again, with this is all at Pawnee High School, there's just different parts of the big prom room. Um, we see Leslie and Allison busy setting things up for the prom and uh, principal Russell walks up to Leslie and thanks her for her efforts. Uh, apparently, when Leslie was Allison's age, Principal Russell was Leslie's principal as wow. well. So he's a he's a long timer. Yeah. Um, and Leslie and Allison are clearly uh, getting along great. And they're clearly having fun. And they're sucking in helium to produce lollipop guild-esque squeaky voices. And they're laughing. And they're getting things done. So everything's great. Ron then walks up mm. and tells Allison, I've been subcontracted by the government to construct a lighting rig. Would you like to help me for $40? And Allison's like, well, yeah, sure. That'd be great. Money. And but and then Allison walks off to prepare to help Ron, and then before Ron leaves, he and uh, Leslie have a bit of a confrontation where, where Leslie vows to defeat <laughs> him, and Ron tells her to stop wasting the damn healing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very Ron. Yeah, as was his uh, his talking head reminiscence of his date at, to prom. He only went once. <laughs> that's,
1: that's brilliant. <laughs> I attended prom with Susan Hoffler. Picked her up in my truck. We slow danced to a Merle Haggard song, and I left early to go to my shift at the quarry. I, I was,
3: was 12, twelve. I was twelve years old. Years old.
1: <laughs> Never went again. Felt like I had outgrown it. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> also, I love what he told Leslie to stop wasting helium because oh, he yeah. then went on to illustrate helium yeah. is intended for welding and, and filling airships. airships. <laughs> he sounds like about a hundred, doesn't he? Oh my gosh. Oh God. Yeah, go down to the mm. to the drugstore, get a phosphate. Get a phosphate. Yeah. Talk about get
0: off my lawn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, a short while later, the prom is officially underway and April is not really feeling it while at the same time, the kids are are apparently feeling the same way about the early tracks in their playlist.
1: Uh, yeah, it, it's now a bit later in the day, and we now see that the prom has officially started and people are arriving. And on that note, we see uh, April and Andy are now there, and there's music playing in the background and, and April nervously claims like, hey, we're here. We did it. We, we were at prom. Maybe we can leave right now. Huh? Let's go. And Andy goes, no, 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 no. Let, you, you'll love this. You give it a chance. I swear to you, I'll make you love this. And he goes on a, some sort of analogy about the Expendables I didn't really understand. But Andy asks her to go dance and April refuses, but like, Yang, you can go dance if you want to. And he's like, really great. I love you. And he just dashes right out there to the dance floor and April watches him go and I think that she appears a little surprised at how quickly he left her side and maybe a little sad. I think she's a little upset by it. Yeah. So then we hear the music change to hip hop uh, but the students are just kind of like standing around and like they're not really getting into it and finally a guy and girl walk up to the DJ table to talk to Ben and Tom. Hey Constantine play the rest of this clip please. Thank you sir.
3: Uh,
1: Hey no one's really feeling this all
2: right, not a 2 chains crowd. I'll throw on some Yeezy in a second. Huh? Yeezy?
4: Huh?
2: Wheezy? Huh. <laughs> oh, you want some of that classic stuff? How about I break you off some of that jaw Rule? Who's Ja Rule? What? <laughs> How do you? What? Who's what? stuff you're playing a soul <laughs> that's probably drinking on Grizzledum. Hey, what's Grizzledum? <laughs> and why is drinking on a bad? Oh my god. I don't know what's cool anymore. <laughs> What's Grizzledum, Ben? What's Grizzledum?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they, they broke Tom. I don't know why that struck me as so funny. I think I, I've heard Tom be annoyed. Yeah. I've heard Tom really get angry at stuff yeah. or be like have disdain for stuff. Yeah. I very rarely ever seen Tom spluttering. He oh, is he so his stuff. upset and yeah. confused. Like, who? Who what? is what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> cracked me up. And and his stuff is probably trinking on grizzledump. I want to talk about that. All right. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. What the hell trinking is, but you don't know? No. All right. I know. I'm so old. <laughs> probably I don't know. I was trying to think of something <laughs> that old people do. I don't know these things because yeah. I'm not old yet. Well, Mark, the prescribed time
0: for the balloon drop is fast approaching, and Leslie is unnecessarily showing Allison how to pull a rope when Ron shows up to give some advice about said balloon drop.
1: Yeah, we're having a, yet another ideological confrontation yeah, here. Yeah, A battle for Allison's soul. <laughs> That's how Andre the Giant would say I it. like it. Yeah. So... Uh, uh we uh we cut to Leslie and Allison, and Leslie's explaining, as you mentioned to Allison, how to properly pull a ceremonial cord to release the balloon, sure the balloon drop, and then it's on the wrist and <laughs> I've heard that once again, Allison and Leslie seem to be getting along, and they seem to be having a great time and then once again, Ron walks up to tell Leslie he and Allison had a good talk about the power of the hard-earned dollar, and then in front of Allison. Leslie and Ron get into a heated philosophical debate, s- sort of, and, and it seems obvious that they're playing tug-of-war with Allison in every way but literally. Yeah. And as Leslie and Ron continue to escalate things, Allison looks at them both, is unsure what to do, and goes, da-da, duh, duh, and then freaks out a little bit and pulls the ceremonial cord and the balloons all drop and she runs away.
0: And then Leslie screams at Ron, you've ruined prom... Everyone's having a terrible time, but in the background, clearly everyone's having a great time. I think except Allison.
1: Well, and Leslie. Well, I don't care about Leslie.
0: (laughs) Or Ron, because they're not here to have prom. Yeah. It's nice of them to throw prom, I suppose.
1: But yeah. Yeah, he needs to shut his mustache. He really does need (laughs) to shut his mustache. You're not wrong about that. I cannot wait for scoring. I've... I, I see your cousin Grumpy Allen just like, ha- hanging outside the studio and knocking to see if he can come in. You see him back there
0: he's punching a punching bag, he's warming up, he's getting ready for this.
1: Yeah. I often see him like standing next to a locker crying and eating pizza, but well, the pizza locker, yeah. <laughs> That's of course, I never made the connection. That's where you do it, that. It's it's
0: pizza locker, the locker that eats pizza. Oh my <laughs> Thank you, Patton.
1: Yeah. Wow. Right. Wow. Yeah.
0: For that specific <laughs> but comedy see, pattern.
1: That's not
0: horrific. That's just. Oh, I don't know. You've never seen me scarf a pizza, Mark. It's not pretty. It's not. No, <laughs> no one should have to see it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Although, so much
0: food talk this morning. I might do that right when we're done with the show. I might not wait. Yeah. Right.
1: Hey, Constantine, you got any onion rings? back? Oh, right. Oh, Good oh Lord. Through one of your head.
0: While Andy drops his best dance moves out on the floor, April catches up with Donna and and gets some advice on the totally reconcilable differences between her and
1: Andy. We now cut over to April and Donna and they're sitting together at a table and they're talking about prom and other stuff. And April finally admits to Donna, she wants to go home, but Andy is having such a good time. And she poses the question, how can I love someone when I hate everything he loves? Mm. At this, Donna gives April some good advice, saying he loves a lot of dumb stuff, granted, but he <laughs> loves you the most. And if something's bothering you, just tell him. It's always better to be direct. That's good advice. I have, I have two quick thoughts on this. Yeah. A, it seems to me this is one of those rare moments that we may not see a lot, where Donna is acting in a way that could be considered almost a carbon copy of how Ron would act, mm-hmm. at least as far as the advice goes. True. And B... I think Donna remarking on the virtues of being direct is a nice callback to season six, episode 14 anniversaries. Yeah. When Donna gets mad at April for the anonymous uh, Yelp thing. And they say like, from now on, we'll say what we feel and be direct.
0: That's right. So nice
1: callback. Yeah, that is a
0: good callback. And April's not quite there yet, apparently. Yeah. Well, we now check back in with Ron and Leslie who are escalating the fight over Allison's future when an actual adult shows
1: up and tries to intervene. Oh, holy hell. Yeah, we now cut to Ron walking towards Leslie. He, he's apparently on the phone, on his, his, his awesome flip phone. Seems very uh, happy. He's, he's on the phone, he's laughing hysterically, and then he hangs it up, blam, and then he faces Leslie. Hey, Constantine, do the honors, buddy. Play the clip.
3: <laughs> <laughs> You're finished, nope. I just spoke with Tim Houtner from the sawmill on my mobile telephone, <laughs> and he's offering Allison a paying job she'll be assistant to the head mulcher beat that
2: first of all your telephone is ridiculous and second <laughs> of all i already beat it she's gonna take that internship she pulled the rope there's no turning back
4: leslie mr swanson may i see both of you in my office oh dear Uh-oh. now principal the principal mad it's come to my attention that both of you have been harassing Allison about her summer employment decisions.
2: I wouldn't say harassing so much as persistently tormenting.
4: Yikes. I am disappointed in you, Leslie. (gasps) No. No. Don't be
2: disappointed in me. I've never had a principal or a teacher be disappointed in me. I'm not sure that I'm equipped to handle it.
4: Whatever's going on between you two and Allison ends right now. This is supposed to be a fun event for the kids.
3: You're absolutely right, and I will bow out immediately. Thank you.
4: I think the
2: only thing that matters is whatever A pluses (laughs) may or may not have been handed out, you know, are still in effect in perpetuity.
4: I have your word then this ends now.
2: Absolutely.
4: Well, there you go. Huh?
1: Well, surely that's all done then. Yeah. It's nice. I like it when, when, when plot lines can be wrapped up nicely. Just We're done. We're done with all that. It makes me feel good. It does.
0: You know, Leslie's got to tell when she lies. Is it when she's talking? It's when
1: she's talking. (laughs) Boom. Nailed it.
0: Or in this case, when she says, absolutely. Uh Like she's forcing herself to lie, which I think she has implicit trouble
1: with. But, you know, I think that might be a tell. Like sometimes like her voice goes, like when she's trying to say something that she doesn't mean. Yes. I know she's done that with the public forums. And that was pretty close. Yeah. 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 Well, we bounce back to the gymnasium where Leslie has an
0: opportunity to redeem herself. Simply by doing nothing, spoiler alert, Mark, it's something she's not actually capable of.
1: Hi, Grumpy Allen. Yeah, what? You can come into the studio here. Yeah. But he's still lurking around. He's yeah. done with the pizza now. I'm um, done. So, despite, <laughs> despite what Leslie had just promised Principal Russell. Seconds ago. Like, mere seconds, seconds. ago. Seconds ago, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Fans. whatever. We now see her back on the main floor, up on stage at the microphone, and in a cringeworthy moment. I I would say, like a Michael Scott esque. No, it's right up there. Leslie gets everyone's attention, and for some reason, feels it is appropriate to announce at prom who the winner of the Parks and Recreation's coveted summer internship is. And it's Allison Clifford. Hey, Leslie. Leslie applauds and there's maybe like a tiny, tiny smattering of confused, scattered applause, but it's mostly just awkward silence as everybody looks at her and (laughs) thinks like, how crazy are you? And then Allison jumps up on stage to talk with Leslie directly, telling her, look, I don't know what I'm doing this summer. And Leslie protests that she knows that Allison will take the internship and she'll fall in love with public service and she'll rise through the ranks and she'll take over Ron's job. And it's, she's getting a little bit ahead of herself to say. Well, then the she'll least.
0: win a seat in Congress. They'll run each of against each other as president. And then Leslie will pat her on the back and say, it's your turn.
1: Oh, she has like, got
0: this like literally
1: all mapped the out. The next 80 years. Craziness. At this point, Ron jumps on stage. Of course he does. Takes the microphone apologizes to everyone, and then gently but firmly escorts the crazy Le- Leslie off the stage.
0: <laughs> Continue your awkward close quarters gyrating. That was the word.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Uh, okay. I, I need a palate cleanser after that scene, but let's just move on. Okay. Back at the DJ booth, Tom had his shot, and now Ben is up at the turntable, and we get a chance to see how the Utes are going to react to his particular musical
3: influence. Oh,
1: the, youths, they're the no Utes, they're not damn good. Um, there's now no music playing. And we get a shot of the crowd just kind of standing there, just like looking at each other awkwardly, oh, like no one knows gone. what to do, no one's talking, no one's dancing. It's just very there are no awkward. adults screaming at us from the stage. What do we do now? I know, it's craziness. It's crazy craziness. Ben tells Tom he's going to step in if he doesn't do something, but Tom just sulks and basically says, whatever, my stuff will suck. So Ben then puts on Pop Song 89 by R.E.M., and the crowd starts moving. They start dancing, and they even go as far as to come up to the DJ table to say they love this song. Classic rock. is absolutely (laughs) befuddled at all this.
0: Yeah, I think he, um, he, he just doesn't really understand, does he? Nope. I thought it was interesting that the, uh, one of the kids that came up and says, yeah, I only listen to CDs because it's the way music like this was meant to be heard. Wow. And Tom had earlier trashed vinyl records, if you remember. Oh, yeah. So I got something to say about that later, too. But Yeah. Interesting how times have changed.
1: Oh, uh, you just want to make you punch them in the back they, of the head. They do.
0: And not for much of anything else. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't take much. Well, we now catch back up with Andy and April, and despite the invitation to Pawnee's most awesome barn party, they're both still completely on separate, they're both still having completely separate prom experiences.
1: Yeah, we now cut to Andy excitedly walking up to April and and telling her about the uh, barn party invitation you mentioned, Alan. And April just kind of looks at him sadly, and he finally asks her what's wrong. And April finally voices to Andy what's really bothering her. This prom reminds me that you had like a million friends in high school. Everyone thought you were awesome. And I spent four years making fun of everyone and hiding mops. So the janitor would think he was going insane. If we went to high school together, we would have never started dating, which means that we would have never gotten married. And I don't like thinking about that. Then Andy tells April with what I thought was a surprising amount of both wisdom and lucidity Maybe we wouldn't have gotten together if we were in high school, but that's because kids in high school are idiots. Mm. And the, the thing that matters is we found each other right now, and it's the best. So they hug, and April feels better, and Andy tells April, you know what, we can go ahead and leave. We can See if we can the limo. But April seems to have a change of heart and says, you know what, let's stay. I promise that I'll have fun.
0: Well, out in the hallway, Ron and Leslie take a break from the insanity they've created, and we get to the heart of what's really bothering Leslie and creating this specific opportunity for her behavior.
1: Yeah, we now cut to Leslie and Ron and they're out in the hallway together, sitting at a table and they're talking things out.
3: Hey, Constantine, play the clip, please. Thank you, sir. I have never told you this, but I actually have a 10 point scale for how insane you are being. Here we go. I observe your behavior and if it's a five or below, I say nothing.
2: Smart, saves a lot of time.
3: If it reaches a six, like for example, the incident with the girls' soccer uniforms back in 05. They
2: wrote all of the team names in pink. Nobody told them to do that.
3: I try to steer you back to safety. A seven is when I lock you in your office until you cool down. This Allison Glifford thing may have hit an eight. I have the police on standby. What's your move?
2: I'm thinking of leaving Pawnee, moving to Chicago. I just need to make sure that the future is secure around here when I leave, you know? Allison would become April, and then April would become me. I mean, Let's face it, Ron. I love you, but you're hopeless without me.
3: Blueprints for the future are a fool's errand. They're like blueprints for a house. Nice to have, but any foreman with half a brain doesn't need to look at him. One day, this year, or maybe the next, you're going to be somewhere else. So enjoy yourself now.
2: Damn it. I just wish once you would say something stupid so I could ignore it.
0: Wow. Somewhat good advice. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a little bit perplexed about how quickly Ron went from being an equal part of the problem to considering it all Leslie's problem. But that's just me, but we could talk about that more
1: later. Yeah. I, I have thoughts on, on both sides of that. Um, I think they're definitely both part of it, but I think that there's also a a difference that we we can get to. Uh, There is
0: a difference. I, I will admit that for sure. Well, the prom has reached that point where it's time to learn who will be crowned prom king and queen, and April might use this opportunity to finally have some fun.
1: Yeah, we can only hope so. We cut to the main stage where we see Principal Russell at the microphone, and he is getting ready to announce who will be the king and queen of the prom. Constantine, do the honor, sir.
4: Attention, please. Well, The votes are in and your Pawnee High Prom King and Queen are Lucy Taylor and Andy Dwyer. What?
0: I broke the box and I threw away all the votes and I voted for you a thousand times. You should get on up there, King Dwyer.
4: Not without my queen. Hi, Pawnee High. As your prom king, I am your ruler. (laughs) (laughs) Silence! My first decree of power is to declare that the prom queen shall be my wife, April Ludgate, who is the best thing that's ever happened to me, who came to prom, even though she hates it. Give me this, you, always next year.
3: No, there isn't, I'm a senior.
4: This is your wife? How old are you?
3: He's 33, and I'm
0: 47 slash immortal.
4: Get out. High <laughs> school forever! Yeah, oh! <laughs> hey, you're having fun now.
0: I rigged an election and got kicked
2: out of prom. I can get on board with
1: that. See, that seems more April speed. <clears throat> it really does.
0: Yeah. It's good to see them finally get there. Yeah. Even if it's the last part of the episode. Well, back to the DJ booth as the kids enjoy some classic tunes, you know, Weezer. Tom and Ben reconcile what is and is no longer important as working adults.
1: Yeah, we we now hear uh, Buddy Holly by Weezer playing in the background and... Everyone is now dancing and having a great time and Ron's at the food table, which I love this. He, he, there's a big pile of sandwiches there. He goes up to the food table. He takes one sandwich, puts it on a small little plate, (laughs) then looks at the plate with one sandwich, then looks over at the tray with like 20 sandwiches, puts the small plate (laughs) down, takes the tray, looks around, walks Walks off off, with all the sandwiches. He's Um, earned it. So, like, everybody's dancing, Ron's at the food table, like, th- this is, all is right with the universe. Things seem to be going well. Yep. And we cut over to Ben and Tom, and I think at this point, they're sitting together on some rock scenery, like, in for, from Into the Woods. i can't take taking a break. And and they're they, we hear Tom talking to Ben about how, oh, I'm old and uncool now. And then Ben tells Tom what he needs to hear at this point, specifically... He says, look, the fact that you don't know what high schoolers are into doesn't make you uncool. It makes you a normal human freaking adult. You you haven't had the time to keep up because on account of the last few years, you started not one, but two mm. different businesses. Sure. Which Tom has to admit is, is part of it. And then this plus the fact that Tom will never, ever be as old as Ben is, I think makes Tom feel better. It sure does. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Tom's like, yeah, you're old as blue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ben mugs the camera. Uh, Glad I could help. Yeah. Well,
0: he knew what to say at the moment. So. Yep. Well, finally in the kicker, Leslie and Ron apologize to her and then learn that Allison actually has horrible judgment after all.
1: <sighs> For our <laughs> last scene, we hear music playing in the background and we see Leslie and Ron walk up to Allison to talk to her together. Constantine, play us out, buddy.
2: Allison, we wanted to apologize for acting so bananas. You just have so much promise, we got excited.
3: You're a good kid, and whatever you choose, you'll be great at it.
2: I have to say, I admire you both. You were right, Leslie, watching all those happy faces, it felt amazing, but... It was really nice to build something and get paid for it. Oh, Ron, she's so thoughtful and grounded. Get her away from me or I'm going to kidnap her and try to mentor her to death. Oh, let me introduce you to my boyfriend. No. <laughs> Greg Pocytus?
1: Oh what up? God. Nope. Is Hello? he the peach?
2: Gregory. <laughs> peach. You guys know each other? You might say that. Come on, baby.
3: Let's get out of here. Wow. It's that horrible kid who used to prank us all the time, right?
2: Offer is off the table. She's a terrible person with terrible judgment. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: so, so before we do the official fade to black, yeah. just a quick yeah. description of the visual there at the what we very saw end. There, So Leslie's saying, Man, that offer's off the table. That Allison. Yeah. She's a has horrible horrible, a, horrible judgment. Yeah. And then Leslie tries to walk off, but yeah. then finds that Somehow, Weird. the, the, the tablecloth next to the like the, the food and punch table yeah. or whatever that was next to her, the tablecloth got attached to her. And then she when she tried to walk away, she just, bam, it took the, to the contents of yeah. the table with her, crashing down to the floor. And Leslie looks back at the table, and then she's stunned. And then she looks at Allison and Pekitis, and Pekitis, <laughs> little bleep-eating grin on his face. Mm-hmm. Pekitis grins at Leslie, holds up a stapler, clacks it together a few times, and you hear her go,
0: Oh my God. The return of Greg Pichitis.
1: Oh, fade to black. black. Yeah.
0: Well, it's almost Halloween, so it's appropriate that we got Gre- Greg Pekaitis here.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah.
0: We're about just a week away by the time this episode airs. So, uh, pretty fun to have uh, Greg back at Halloween time.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: We have to reach out to uh, Cody Klopp, who plays uh, Greg, and see if we can finally get him on the Oh, path. that would be great. Yeah. A little bit of a. That's his last episode. Yep. Yeah. So we'll fade to black, Mark. Good fade job. Uh, nice breakdown there. Um, let's take a quick break. We've got a few things to talk about and we'll come back and uh, send this. Uh... <laughs> we'll come back and wrap this thing up.
1: Let's wrap this thing up, All Sir right. Alan of the Round Table. We'll be right back. Everybody. Right.
4: Consider that time, space and reality as you know it are not fixed, but fluid contemplate that another version of you, on a different branch in the timeline, made substantially different choices leading up to this very moment. I observe all. But I cannot, and will not, interfere. Not, not again. It was really bad last time. I got yelled at. But, that is a different story for a different time. Journey with us to explore the unknown as we ask the big question. Pawnee, what if? Who am I, you ask? I am the Waffler. <clears throat> Holy cow, I may actually watch this show. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. Damn it, Constantine, I said no reverb. Hello. This is Ron Swanson. Coming this fall on LFP-TV, Episode 1 of Pawnee What If, Harvest Festifail. Imagine a world similar to the one you know, but different. In this version, Leslie and the gang must pull off the perfect Harvest Festival in order to save her beloved Parks Department. But, unlike the world you know, in this one, Leslie hates mini-animals.
2: Scientifically, hummingbirds are the world's cutest animals. But you know what isn't cute? Miniature horses. They're just weird. They're just weird. They're just weird. 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 Weird.
4: And, without Little Sebastian, the Harvest Festival is a flop and ends after only three days due to poor attendance. What happens? Tune in to find out. Also, on this season of Pawnee What If, we imagine what if Mark Brindanowitz stayed at City Hall? What if Ben and Chris went back to Indianapolis? What if April never forgave Andy and moved to Venezuela? What if Ron stayed with Tammy too? I scared myself there. And finally, what if Andy never Fell in the pit, 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 pit. Join us next Wednesday for the season one premiere of Pawnee What If. And stick around until after the credits for a special sneak peek of our spin off series, April Ludgate What Evs. Thank you. That is all.
0: All right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, uh, let's talk real quick about deleted scenes. And I think if I just take this sentence and I extend it a little bit more, by the time I'm done with it, we will have exceeded the total amount of deleted scenes we actually got. It was 30, very quick. Yeah. 45 seconds. Yep. Uh, basically, there's, uh, uh, I don't know, something about Ben's vinyl records and uh, something about track sevens. The uh, the uh, Ben goes into some diatribe about what, why all track sevens are good because it's, Apparently, it was the B-side, the first song on the B-side of the album. Yeah. Which, you know, kids these days actually do know about because vinyl's back in.
1: Yeah. It's which, popular now. Yeah, it is
0: popular now. So, which at the time of this episode, apparently not. Nope. So, Mark, let's talk about tropes first and fun facts.
1: All right. Um, I only had one first. Um, okay. What you got? My, my first was this, the first time that we ever hear a reference to Grizzle.
0: I had that one. That's a great one, uh, which, you know, that's uh, interesting that, I did not remember that there was an uh, introduction to Grizzle just like thematically, mm-hmm. but you're exactly right. Um, I said that it's the first time we learned that Leslie technically went to Indiana, whatever college that is. I'm assuming that means IU.
1: Yeah, it's Indiana. Right. Yeah.
0: But it was also accepted to Amherst, apparently. Mm. So interesting. Uh, and I said it's the first time in very many episodes that we've actually played the C- the cold open and the kicker together
1: oh yeah i guess Which that's true
0: kind of an interesting little fun fact for us i suppose yeah no one else cares but you know there's a reason behind all of our choices and i just thought that was interesting
1: yeah we have a spinner we spin <laughs> just like anybody else of course there's a reason
0: it's like spin the bottle yeah. yeah so how about uh tropes and fun facts all that fun stuff
1: how about those tropes i had a sweet stupid andy oh, i gotcha. had a there's a little bit of punching bag Jerry, although he went in it a whole lot, not a lot. and I call it Jerry Gary later. Cause I always say that on account of, they always call him Larry. So I have yep. to include that. I said, um, something that we've had in the past few episodes and I kind of like it. I said, punching bag Ben yeah, in I the agree. sense that he, he's received a lot of Tom's ridicule. I mean, maybe not like universally like Jerry gets, but well, not still. that bad, but no God. Um, I had manic Ben where he gets scared to death by the explosion in the oh cold open. Yes. So, good. so good. I have a bidgie. Ben doesn't get it. Yep. And in this case, it's particularly when he's like hearing Tom explain all of his Tomisms yeah. and he's like, de- he mugs de- to the cameras yeah. like, what in the hell is happening yeah. here? Um, I said, Ben is a nerd. Yep, got that one. Um, I said, uh, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but I said, pimping Tom.
0: Yeah, I said, Tom is too cool for dot, dot,
1: dot that that's maybe, and I think that's the
0: running trope, right? In this yeah. case, it's Ben for sure, which right. is a little bit of that Pete punching bag. Ben, you mentioned, but right. yeah, exactly.
1: I said, uh, Ron hates the government. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, I said a uh, food driven Ron on account of the sandwich tray. <laughs> yeah. Um, I said over the top, Leslie done the explosion in the cold open, among yeah. other things. Yeah. Uh, overboard Leslie done. going way too far to try and convince done Allison and to done. take the internship. Yeah. I also said overboard Ron with the, with my personal note that I feel like it happens far less, yeah. but Ron is the only one at city hall with a belief system as strong as Leslie's. And he's been known to go overboard from time to time as well. I would agree with that. Um, mugs to the camera. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, April and Ben are always the classic ones and I think yeah. Andy did it. There's a good here, Andy too. one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah. Um, and then, a, f- a lot of fun with names, uh, oh, including yeah. Donna's date, Delwyn Burfig. And, and they had like a few high school students that didn't really have a lot of lines, right. but they're around, but they were listed in the, in the cast right. and their names. Some of their names were, you've heard of Casey Jones. Sure. This is Casey Jones, Jones. with a M instead of the N and Jones. Oh, well, sure. Um, Daphne Dorolf, <laughs> And, and this one kills me. This is like some snake people name. It's, yeah s s s It's craziness. <laughs> they clearly have way too much fun with they those did. names.
0: I mean, it's funny they even named some of those characters because they had, I mean, there's the couple that walks up to the DJ booth, right? That's right. probably a couple of those, I right. presume. But yeah, other outside of Allison, there are not a lot of kid parts. In
1: this well, place. and it's funny that they would take the time to give them names when, according to the 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 canon of the episode they never referenced them so they could be anything i think this is totally
0: for their amusement i think you're right totally yeah
1: did i miss any what do you have any tropes
0: i just had two additional ones what's that leslie loves binders oh yeah 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 allison loves binders Mm. just for fun that's a good one yeah so because we had that in our cold open that's right which was cute it was a cute cold open and i i like the concept of mini me with leslie and allison i thought that was actually pretty clever um We'll talk more about what else I don't like about that later, but mm. yeah. Um, Mark, I'm going to introduce any fun facts.
1: Um, I don't have, I don't have any goofs yeah. and I have, um, I have a couple of fun fact categories.
0: Okay. Uh, Hit me. I, I got something weird today too. You go first though.
1: So, First of all, you had mentioned that, that uh this is the last appearance of Greg Pikitis. That's correct. So my understanding is that the, the original plan was for for Cody Klopp to be to be a recurring character and they yeah. think, well, maybe we'll bring him he'll be Leslie Nope's big nemesis and we yeah, bring him back once or twice yeah. a season, something yeah. like that. Well, apparently Cody Klopp's parents didn't want to commit him to multiple episodes over several years, and instead of recasting the character, the idea was pretty much dropped yeah. altogether. Yeah. And therefore, Greg Peckittus only made two appearances. Uh, I think all this was on the season three DVD commentary. Yeah, I think um,
0: so. and I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, we
1: have. On a related note, I read something from online from Alan Sepinwall from Up Rocks Yeah, we know Alan. That had the yeah, I had him to dinner, and uh, I he had the following little snippet to say about Greg Peckittus returning that I thought was just real interesting. He says. You may recall that when I sat in on a brainstorming session in the Park's writer's room a few years ago, Chelsea Peretti, who we know played Gina Linetti on Mike Schur's other show, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, pitched the idea of Pekaitis coming back to blackmail Leslie. Mike Schur tells me that he's probably been pitched in small stories and big like 50 times since that episode aired, And I've always resisted on the theory that unless you have a better story than the original, best to let sleeping dogs lie. But this one, and I honestly don't remember who pitched it, was too good to turn down, especially since it merges the fates of Pikitis and France from Model UN, which we'll get to in a second, which makes for a neat little piece of Pawnee trivia.
0: Oh, that's neat. I like that.
1: So that was like my kind of Pikitis slash Cody Klopp uh, fun fact. Yeah. And then I I also had one other thing uh, where. Uh Constantine helped me to cobble together a few fun facts regarding Allison. Okay. So, so first, just the basics. Allison Glifford is a recurring character in the MBT, NBC sitcom parks and recreation. She's a high school student in Pawnee. Yeah. She has straight blonde hair and typically wears glasses. She's played by the actress, Kelly Washington. Back in season four, episode seven, The Treaty, yeah. Leslie and Ben, if you remember, ruined the Model UN oh, uh, totally. and, and that Allison was uh, active in. But she clearly says back in the episode The Treaty, yeah. she, she clearly says that her name was Cassidy. And this makes it seem as though like, because it's the same actress, Kelly Washington playing both, but she clearly says her name was Cassidy. And and so this makes like you think, well, maybe this is a different character from Allison Glifford from this episode. Yeah. However, the this will be a mystery for the ages, Alan, oh, because the the Cassidy Allison discrepancy remains uh, rather unclear because I mean, let's just count it down. They're both played by Kelly Washington. Yeah. They're both high school students. Yeah. They both act the same. They both dress the same. They have the same hair color and style. Neither one does anything that would make it seem like they were definitively different people. They're twins. So all these things kind of blur whether or not they're different characters or not. I think they're uh, twins. That's a possibility. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought that that was interesting. Um, I think that falls probably under the category,
0: I'm going to guess, of continuity error. But it just seems—it's interesting though. It it is. You're usually pretty careful about stuff like that. Yeah, stuff that big. You know, a a picture or a desk item moving around—that—that typical continuity. Everybody makes those mistakes, and Parks actually does a very good job of rarely making them. But you see them every once in a while. That's a pretty big one for them.
1: I would have been more likely to think that it would be something like, oh. uh... You know, back in this old episode, there was an Allison, but it was played by different actors yes. or something. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. this is the exact same yeah, actress, same actress yeah. dressed up the exact same way, just yeah. with a little bit different name. Like, really? Yeah. Like, were you in the witness protection program? Like, how does that work?
0: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. She was so scarred, Mark, from the model UN that she changed her name, hoping
1: those horrible adults would
0: never come back and ruin a high school event again.
1: Well, but then she she got in with the likes of Piquitis and then it's, yeah, well, it's all over for yeah. her.
0: It's, she made her choices.
1: Anyway, those were my fun fact categories. Okay. Uh, did you, did you have any? I did not really have any
0: fun facts. Uh, there's one Donna makes a reference to, uh, the man she was dating at the time took Duke to the final four, which would have to be my uh, coach a right? Just, you know, cause that's, we were around the same age at the same time. And that's the only thing that makes sense. So that's funny. Right. It's a, it's kind of a double deep joke if you don't really think it through or get it. But, um, I actually created a new category this time. Hmm. And I don't know if we want to continue to track this, but I'm going to offer it up. Okay. It's called Sign of the Times. Okay. And it's about how well Parks is aging. Now, it's a little late maybe to have started this in season six, but this episode, a couple of things in particular hit me. And I've already mentioned one. Tom is all over vinyl saying how it's dead and just throw it in the garbage. And vinyl's made such a huge comeback now. That's pretty glaring. Um, and then the other one is that Allison, the whole premise of... Uh, Ron not liking, well, it's for the government. So there's that part of it, but that it's a non-paying internship. I mean, Mm -hmm. he hits that hard. Mm -hmm. Well, today, most internships are paid Mm -hmm. even for nonprofits. It's rare to see an unpaid internship. That's true. Just thought that's interesting. And I I bet we could find more examples of how the show flip phones. I mean, you name it, technology is going to be an easy target.
1: Well, of course, Ron has an old phone by design, but still your, your, your point stands. Um no i like that as a category you know what i thought you were going to say i think you mentioned this in the last episode you said it is amazing it was either the last episode or the episode before that you said it was amazing how many literal references there were to movies or whatever and i thought that maybe your point was Anytime that you have a huge number of references, you, you run the risk perhaps of dating you do. yourself.
0: Yeah. And I think that would have fit. We could have introduced this category in that episode for that reason. Because yeah. there were like 16 of them. And I'd say five or six of them were like, the kids would be, what's that? Right. Yeah. Right. Or, or the, it would just be like the ones today where things have come around full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Now That's stuff's trinking on grizzle dump. <laughs> I cannot wait to trinking. right? That's yeah. the verb? Trinking? Of course it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm I'm not as hip as the kids. We'll have to figure that one out, I suppose.
1: That's all right. We 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 forgive you, Alan, for not being as hip as us.
0: <laughs> all right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me have this. Uh-huh. No, you can have it for sure. Well, hey, Mark, why don't we get into our scores? It feels like time.
1: Yes, it does. All right. Um, let's get into the Mark stuff. My co-MVPs for this episode are Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope, and Nick Offerman as Ron Swanson. So I really liked this episode. I thought that the A story was amazing. like The whole thing was crafted to highlight and bring out the very essences of what makes Leslie Leslie and what makes Ron Ron. And I know that the whole Leslie versus Ron thing has been done before, but in my opinion, it's a classic go-to for a reason. These two and the relationship between them is at the heart of the show, and I think that the show walks the line between funny and heartfelt like a master tightrope artist when these two clash, especially when we can see them still be friends at the end. I thought this was interesting for several reasons. Like at first glance, this would appear to continue Leslie's unfortunate streak lately of being like particularly crazy and Mm -hmm. overbearing and annoying, which I know you and I have called out uh, recently here in the past, Alan. I know it does continue that streak, However, I think that this time around, there were several important differences. So first, Leslie was not given a free pass, nor was her behavior pushed aside. She was pretty much told to her face point blank that you are acting crazy. Second, Mm. they actually go a step farther than that by having Ron introduce the Leslie Nope 10-point insanity scale. Now, I know this seems like a throwaway joke, and maybe it was intended to be a throwaway joke. But. I couldn't help feeling that if we take Ron at face value for a second, what he's really saying here is that Leslie has such an established pattern of acting so crazy that he was forced to devise this system. So Alan, I think, especially for you and I, this feels like a, a tip of the hat and maybe even a vindication as to yeah. how much we've called out Leslie for her behavior. Recently. Absolutely. Third, I think it put an interesting spin on this to also have Ron turn up the voltage and show that he can go overboard as well. I think this serves to illustrate that, A, we're all human and we all have moments of Leslie Knope-esque insanity, and B, perhaps because Ron, I mentioned this, is the only other person at City Hall with a belief system as firmly entrenched as Leslie's, he might be occasionally susceptible to going overboard like Leslie does. Having said that, I think that Ron goes overboard much less frequently than Leslie does, and I would argue in this episode he doesn't go nearly as far as Leslie does. We can especially see this when they get called out by the principal and he realizes it's immediately time to back off. And Leslie it takes her longer to get to that point in being drugged off stage by Ron. Um, you know, Alan, I th- you and I from time to time to kind of make a parallel, we've also called out Tom in the past for his yeah. behavior. Yeah. And we would say to each other, like, well, when is Tom going to turn the corner? Like, when is Tom going to have his, his redemption moments, et cetera, right? But I think that you and I also agreed that if written right, there is one positive that can come from painting someone as such an unlikable character and that's the story of their redemption and there are a lot of similarities to leslie here in the sense that in the way that she behaves i wouldn't say that this episode completely redeemed leslie but i will say i will say it's a large step in the right direction and i think it played well with me because i've been needing and wanting something like this to happen for a really long time so i appreciated it when it happened I'd also say for the A story, even though it kind of took a break from focusing on Leslie's potential job in Chicago, it did acknowledge that that was a lot of what's driving her behavior. That's true. And, and it' still it weighs heavy that, yeah. in her mind,
0: yeah.
1: um, one last comment on the the A story. You know, we've been talking about people going overboard, both in this le- both in this episode with Leslie and Ron, and like Tom in prior episodes. And it occurs to me perhaps we don't see Ron go overboard as much as Leslie or Tom. Or perhaps when he does, we don't care as much. And I think it has to do with where Ron gets his validation from. So, for example, I would say Tom gets his validation very much externally. Yes, With maybe just a smidgen coming from internally, especially as he's tended to grow a little bit as a Mm -hmm. character. That's fair. Ron, on the other hand, gets his validation almost exclusively internally, meaning as long as he follows his own Swanson code, he's good. Yeah. Leslie is somewhere between these two, but I think he tends, she tends to lean more in the Tom direction, getting external validation. And I think this is why it's far more common for Leslie and Tom to annoy us when they go overboard, because it's Mm. far more likely to affect others because they crave external validation as opposed to Ron, who can, Ron can definitely go to extremes, but mostly just wants to be freaking left alone, you know, and thus his actions tend to affect far fewer people. This has changed a little bit granted since he's formed a family unit with Diane and Zoe and Ivy. But I think as a result, we see him go less overboard nowadays. So this was kind of like an exception to the rule, I think. Okay. Um, And John, don't forget John. And John, that's right. Oh, John. Little John, John. Uh, I liked overall, I don't know why. I liked overall how this episode took place at a single location. Like in that manner, it reminded me actually quite a bit of season six, episode six filibuster when everyone was at the skating rink to to celebrate Ben's party. Um, I just, I don't know. I like that. It just, it seemed to glom together. Well, if nothing else,
0: I think there was a big event at the Pawnee super suites where a lot of the episode took place there. They've done this a few times, right? Yes. Yes. They have. And
1: I kind of like it. Yeah. Um, I like the B story i ben and tom doesn't always work perfectly as a pairing but it frequently does and i thought this time was no exception we've said in the past adam scott is amazing oh, yeah. and, and i think ben just might be the source of most of our tropes maybe tied with leslie um <laughs> seeing ben react to the insanity around him is quite simply one of my favorite things like in the history of ever i also yeah. like seeing how crazy tom can be in his own way yeah uh, Who? What? I'm
4: in. What?
1: (laughs) Although I will say Tom's brand of over-the-top craziness works best for me in smaller doses like this episode, as opposed to large arcs like, say, Entertainment 720. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I thought that the C story was great. It just really, really worked for me. April showing her sensitive, vulnerable side still works for me, even though it's obviously been done before. I thought it was funny. It was sweet, and I really felt like it played to all Chris Pratt and Aubrey Plaza's strengths as they portrayed sweet, happy, earnest but dumb Andy, Mm -hmm. dour, snarky, intense April, and a momentary but real insecurity for her relationship that I think most of us can actually appreciate. Yeah, Um, wasn't a whole lot of Jerry. He was in the episode, but I I one line. Yeah, I kind of missed that. Um, I thought that the B story, the one with Ben and Tom, my B story, I know you, you and I kind of changed that up. I thought that the Ben Tom story was the weakest of the three, but honestly, I only say that because I, th- I personally thought the other stories were so good. Um, all right. So enough of that, not another crazy Mark rubric. I'm going to give this sucker a 4.5 base score. I, as I said, I thought that the A and my A and C stories uh, were amazing, and even the B story was fun. Even though, like the Tom Ben story, didn't have the stakes, the mm-hmm. high stakes of the other stories, but it was still good. I'm gonna give um, an entire point for a great job by both of my co-MVPs, Amy Polar's Leslie Nope, Nick Offerman, as Ron Swanson. I'm gonna give one point for a good use of the the deep comedic bench, although it was a little light on Jerry, plus a nice list of guest stars. Uh, Cody Klopp as the uh, the ever-annoying uh, Greg, Greg Pekaitis. Oh, Pekaitis. Kelly Washington as Allison slash Cassidy slash France. <laughs> Whatever her name is this um, week. Yeah. It will be a mystery for the ages. Yeah. Um, Steve Tom as Principal Russell. Eric Eisenhower as uh, oh, April's good. mom slash Orin. Yeah. Uh, Reese Kirk as Donna's date, Delwyn Burfig. <laughs> Burfig, <laughs> I love it. Didn't I tell you to wait in the car? Mm, direct. See, there you go. I'm going to give half a point for what I call the support combo. I thought that uh, even though I gave my co-MVPs to both of the main characters in the A story, I thought that the characters in the B and C stories did a great job, including Ben, Tom, April, Andy, and Donna. So half a point mm-hmm. for that. I'm going to give half point for what I've called in the past the bookend combo, a great cold open with Ben's desk freaking exploding and Ben's reaction is just yeah. priceless. Plus, at the end, Leslie and Ron apologizing to Allison and Allison telling them essentially that she sees points in both of their sure. perspectives. I did like the wrap up of that. And Allison's boyfriend at the end, which brings me to half a point for what I call the pechitis combo. <laughs> okay. It's not a combo. They brought back Greg paquitis. freaking pechitis, yeah. even yeah. though it was just for like 30 seconds. And he pranked her. And he pranked her. That is such an incredible payoff to such a slow burn. Yeah, it gets a half point just for those thirty <laughs> seconds. Like it, it deserves that. I'm gonna give half point for what I call the psycho combo. Orin and Champion oh being dressed gosh. up as yes. a- April's parents was so inspired, mm-hmm. so unexpected, so funny, so creepy, so <laughs> April. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, I.
0: I totally forgot on my tropes. I had April's Macabre. I mean, oh, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, it was on there. I just totally forgot. Yeah.
1: And I have one last half point to give that I call the resolution combo. Leslie and Ron coming to terms with each other, as well as Allison, plus Ben helping Tom to realize it's okay to be a normal human adult and that he is a lot to be proud of. Plus, Andy helping April to enjoy prom, ending with both of them illegally being de- declared prom king and queen before, you know, getting chased out. Get out. So you add all those crazy points up, and you come up with 9.0 Little Sebastians. To me, I really, really enjoyed this episode, and it feels like Parks and Rec is trending upwards as the season draws to a close. That is my review. I see Grumpy Allen lur- lurking outside what the your studio. your score again? 9.0 Little Sebastians. Okay. So, Alan... Grumpy Alan, whatever you may be at this point, rock that scuba.
0: All right. Scuba incoming. So mm. um, i take it and break it over my knee. No, actually, <laughs> uh, I was very conflicted on this episode. I'll just be really honest about it. Um, for, I'm, gonna, I'm getting ahead of myself. My
1: MVPs. Yeah, you can't
0: forget those. Yeah, I got quad MVPs this week. Good Lord. Yeah. Adam, Aziz, Aubrey, and Pratt. Okay. MVPs.
1: Like everybody but the, the ones I said. Weird. That's weird. Ah, wonder if there's something behind that. Um, I don't. Alan, this, is a, like, a, this is a safe space, so you can tell Fair. us whatever all you right. want. It's just you, me, and all of our viewers. We're not going to tell anybody.
0: All right, hello viewer. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> hello, told viewer. I told my wife the other day. I said our fans are very excited about this episode. Oh so, yeah, yeah. I mark. I really, really wanted to like this episode and it, and again it's like we've we've talked about many times depending on the day my mood and what wave i'm in and kind of maybe how much sleep i got or didn't get i i, I like the episode but i don't like the episode and i like the episode but i don't like the episode and i want to like the episode i really do tell me more you the have been- B and the C stories are really good i liked both of them i think they could have been a little better if the, a story had given them a little more time, I think they could have been even more with them. Like I don't wow. have complaints about the B and C. They, they, they do their job as the secondary and tertiary stories in this episode and the a story on its surface. I like, I just cannot for the life of me, get over my annoyance with Leslie here. Um, and then I, I really just almost came to her defense and wanted to punch Ron too though, in his big, thick mustache. Because he egged her. He knows her, Mark. He knows her better than anyone. Yeah. Maybe outside of Ben at this point. And I argue in some ways he knows her still better than Ben. He should have known. He absolutely should have known that what he was doing there was going to set her off and create conflict in a place where no adult conflict was needed. Yeah. I mean, they ruined the Model UN. Her and Ben did. Yeah. And I'm like, ah. Beep, here we go again. They're going to do it again, aren't they? Yeah, they're going they to do another school thing. And they do.
1: Um, well, thankfully, uh, Pop Song 89 came on and made everything okay. It made it all better. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: well, it, it does make everything all better. And I'm going to play it immediately after this episode. <laughs> um, I, I feel like Ron had some really, really funny moments. Great Ron Swanson isms in my mind, they were deprecated in my enjoyment because I was in my annoyance with Ron and setting Leslie off in my annoyance with her. I did like her redemption. I did think that was good. I liked the, you know, their talk at the end. But again, I'm sitting there thinking the whole time that Ron's giving this great moral, uh, you know, kind of highfalutin speech. He's just as guilty about what has just happened as she is. He quit sooner. In the principal's office, he, he's like, yeah, you're right. I'm done. I, you, you know, you caught me. I'm sorry. I'm out. And he stays true to that where Leslie's at. Like, Absolutely. I will uh-huh. stop And yeah. like, Oh, crap. And then she, 30 seconds later, she's on the stage with the mic in her hand. And, but then Ron gets up there on the, on the stage, too, to make it worse again. I mean, I know he's trying to calm everybody down. Like, say, well, he's okay. taking Leslie away. He could have done that without grabbing the mic, though. Just pulled her away. That wouldn't have been fun. Yeah. All right. I, that's my least minor complaint, I suppose, about his behavior here. But you know what? As you, as you gave your score and reflected on it, I liked what you said. I thought you're right that he probably has, um, among all the other characters outside of Leslie and Tom, had the most over-the-top moments. His are usually, I think he's particularly good at fencing his so that people outside the fence don't get hurt. Leslie's tr- kicks the fence down, drags people across the barbed wire on the top of the fence, and then drags them back over the other side. And and I think she did a little less of that here. So I'll call that growth. I'm just kind of ready to see her adult more. Yeah. And, and if you I go agree. back and you look at the reviews of this period of time, there are a lot of Leslie haters. And at first I thought they were nuts. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like the heart and soul of the show. And she is. Yeah but
1: then we got to live with this too. You know what? You know what I thought maybe would have made this episode play even a little bit better with me. And What's I up? liked it, but I, I could have gotten behind this if they had made the main focus. You know what, Ron, I'm really struggling with the concept of this job in Chicago. And, yeah. and I'm struggling even more with the fact that I'm kind of thinking I'm going to take it. Yeah. And I'm very uneasy about how that's going to leave everything back then. Now show the Allison thing as a side effect, because sure. this is grading on me and and I've got to make sure that everything's okay before I leave, but maybe make that a little, like, You're by saying the way, establish thing. it earlier. Um, I would say maybe if they made the focus of the a story, got it. Leslie being uneasy about yeah, her yeah, yeah. Chicago, if they'd job. set it up. And by the way, this Allison thing just illustrates how uneasy she is. I'm with that. Cause I think if they'd stuck that, you know, it's kind of like,
0: uh, schrodinger's cat or no schrodinger's gun no no it's what's well, a checkoff's gun like if, if you're going to show the gun in uh, act one you need to have it go off by act three right? yeah
1: check off when you have a cat
0: <laughs> yeah and you, you, you have a gun and
1: you you have a kitty litter and i uh, don't know uh, and then you take part. a gun and you say you use that kitty litter you don't go on my bedspread again no
0: no not not twice no um, then
1: you get checkoff's gun and Chekhov's cat's in <laughs> Chekhov's trouble
0: cat and it's an inevitable conclusion of what happens next I, I think if they had put the poster on the wall like early in the episode to your point saying she's upset, she's mulling over this thing and then this comes up and then we see her craziness and then she kind of says, you know, I'm sorry, you I've been crazy about this whole thought. It doesn't feel like an afterthought then.
1: See, wouldn't you have you would have identified more with her I then would have, and it, like it, not that it excuses I've been it, more but you would appreciate it. Yeah. to where she came from instead of oh crap, here she goes crazy She's just crazy. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But you know, some of the Leslie-isms, like the binder things, I thought those were cute. Her her really uncontrollable desire to mentor this girl who's a lot like her, I thought that was clever. I loved it. I yeah, mean, I thought there I were too. good things here in this episode. I just felt well, like the Leslie-ism that I can't get over this behavior thing is just detracting for me.
1: And and I will say, again, this is not an excuse, but just more of an observation, Let's say that they had never run into Ron in the hallway. Right. I I, th- I honestly think that yeah. her relationship with Allison was very sweet. I And, did too. and, and I think that they got along well. Yeah. And I think that Allison genuinely appreciated Leslie and her perspective on things. And I think that she would have been completely happy. Now, you know, with the internship, I think that Leslie was trying to do more with this than just give a promising student an internship. I this was much more symbolic to yeah. her. But and she probably does have this crazy
0: 19 point plan in her head, which is crazy, but it's Leslie. Right. It's a mental binder, it is, yeah, a yeah. mental
1: binder. I
3: love it,
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that. But, but you're right. I mean, I think Ron egged her on early, and you know, it's not that he doesn't have a point. I can, it's totally Ron to believe what he said, but to have, I don't know, I just felt like he was
1: usually when guilty. Ron believes what he says, he follows it up with like. Now everybody leave me alone yeah. because I'm just going to lead my life the way that I want that's to. Right. He doesn't and, interfere. You know
0: what? That's right. It's a little bit out of character. Not 100%, but it's a, it's a, as much as he interfered here, I will argue it is somewhat out of character. And, and maybe that's why I was caught off guard and annoyed by it.
1: I think, and this is getting real speculative for a sitcom, but yeah. I will say this, <laughs> right, I, I think Ron... My guess is that Ron would not have reacted like that if it had just been some random podunk high school student that Leslie said, hey, yeah. Ron, I'm about to give He's this got high the school connection student. with her father. And, the and, hardware and I store. think maybe that's where he felt like, OK, yeah. I have to dig down maybe and defend this turf a little bit. Yeah. Again, not an excuse, yeah. just an observation.
0: No, that's fair. That's fair. And again, I, I love Ron. I love the Ron-isms. I, I love, you know, Tim owes me a favor, you know, if, if the guy owns a sawmill because I built his sawmill. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just It's so Ron. So. Yeah. Um, Mark, I gave this eight. I wanted to give it eight and a half, which would have only put us a half point different here, but I don't know. I I just, maybe it was the cycle. I, I wound up landing on the eight and that's my f- official score. I can see that it is a better episode and it is trending up overall because even for me, that's a tie with last week, right? So two weeks in a row, we are still, we're we're still flat ish to last week for me, but still trending up. So I don't disagree with you there. And I think we're going to end the the season on a high note. I feel like that's coming and I'm looking forward to it.
1: This is the last thing I'll say about it. And I I know that I brought up the concept, Alan, several times at this point of like, like, would you prefer an episode yeah. that has a lot of up and down as opposed to an episode that's just kind of like,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah.
1: This episode, I think you would agree with this. I'm checking with you as I'm saying this. Yeah. I think you would agree that this episode had a lot of high points Yeah. and it probably was then outweighed for you or, or counterweighed by a lot of low points. So this is a, this is an example of, of uh, a roller coaster, roller coaster extremes. Rate. Yeah.
0: Well, and again, I'd say yes, high points.
1: Like April's parents. Oh, yeah.
0: And, and, you know, there there are moments like that that are incredibly good. But I'd say in general, the LOL factor for this episode might have been a point lower or a half point lower than last week. Hmm. And yet there are brilliant moments like that, too. So it's hard to argue against that. I just, you know, sometimes I recognize how much I truly laugh out loud, right? Right, You know, not just as an acronym or, uh, you know, a, a, one of them things you do with your thumbs there, but yeah. like I actually do yeah, it. Yeah, the Fonzie A
1: sign. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the thing you do with your thumbs. Yeah, you do that with your thumbs. Um, but I, I don't know. I felt like I didn't laugh out loud as much. I, a lot of chuckling on this one, but I did like it. So I don't know, I'm, I'm a little bit, you can see, Mark, I'm, I'm struggling on this episode to really kind of come down in one specific place. And that probably is represented here in my score.
1: Let me ask you this. Yeah. If you, so your score 8.0, I respect it. kind of. If you had to say like, what to you would be higher in your mind, the technical score or how you felt about it?
0: Oh, the technical score for sure.
1: You think so? I think Ken Whittingham is
0: an an amazing director. Excellent. And I, I don't even really have a problem with Matt's script overall, except that they went to the tropes I'm getting annoyed with. Mm. Like that was my one thing. And if you just say that's one, that doesn't sound like a lot, but my, my, the amount I'm annoyed by the one thing is pretty high. With the
1: one thing being how crazy Leslie gets to the, to the sometimes harming others. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And again, like if, if it's just her and her own little whirlwind that she's caught up in, that can be very funny. I think it, in this case, she's, she's upset this poor girl. And like, you know, she, she let her, Leslie literally said to the principal that they were tormenting her. Yeah. She wasn't wrong about that.
1: No, she wasn't.
0: And if for her to recognize that and then go on stage and make it worse, I don't know. That's when I'm kind of like, ah, I, I just yeah, got that, that's me.
1: when you sound like the penguin. From I Batman. did. Rawr. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then I was out on the lawn shaking my fist at anything younger than 30 and, you know. Oh, the hell I with just, them. <laughs> I hate those yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah, don't even come to my, not house, our viewers.
0: We love our viewers. No, you're all 30, great but, and you're yeah, very yeah, you, awesome. You know, good
1: looking and you're, you're intelligent, intelligent stuff. and handsome. And, that's, that's right. Yeah,
0: but I don't know, Mark. I, I did want to like this episode more and I do feel like we're on the right trend, but I, that, I have my grievances and I, I've said enough. Fair enough. <sighs> okay. Deep breath. <laughs> Mark, we will be back, I think, with another new episode relatively soon. I'm not sure what we're going to do here, but I know we've got season 6.19 coming up, flu season two. Yeah. And I've got good memories of that one, so I'm really looking forward
1: to it. Yeah, and then, so including flu season two, we only got 16 more episodes and we're like complete done.
0: How many more do we have in this season?
1: Uh, We got 19, 20, 21, 22, the four.
0: So if, but if the really 21, 22 is kind of a two-parter, you could almost say three. three.
1: You're right. There's only three.
0: We have to decide whether we're going to break that up over two weeks, like we've done on some of the, mm. the super mega episodes. Yeah. And I believe we've got a producer's cut for that one.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And I
0: think we actually have a producer's cut for flu season two next week. Oh, so, I can't wait. So that, that makes me happy. <laughs> I'm going to end on a happy note for that
1: one. Well, so good. That's what we want.
0: That is, that's what everyone <laughs> wants. That's man. what we want. But especially me. So, all right. Thanks everybody for listening and putting up with us this week, especially me. Um, go out on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> rate and review us. Rate and review Mark this week. Skip me. Like, just because I'm grumpy and I don't want to get a grumpy score on Apple.
1: Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, tell me honestly what you think of me. Yeah. Be as brazen or delightful as you want to. Oh,
0: I'm going to go fill out every review now.
1: I know. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be like April was when she voted a thousand (laughs) times for Andy. I know this is going to (laughs) go. I'm going
0: to break into the box. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next time.
1: All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.
3: Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of The Creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompony.com for more details or to contact us.